The very first steps in spiritual direction have been described in your previous books, and before telling the readers about the next stage of more in-depth work on yourself, which is the pyramid meditation, I should first talk about a simple but useful meditation intended for knowing your four essences. Different peoples called it differently at different times. For example, in ancient times, the Slavs, long before the advent of Christianity and introduction of this religion into the consciousness of this nation, called it Chetverik, and it was one of the basic initial practices in the process of self-perfection on a person's spiritual path. Anastasia Do you mean the meditation intended for conscious perception of one's four essences? This is indeed a rather effective meditation which is aimed at knowing yourself, revealing particular qualities of daily work of one's essences and their influence on consciousness through thoughts and emotional states. Rigdon This simple meditation is in fact the first step towards getting consciously acquainted with your essences. While mastering it, a person learns not only to control his emotional states, but also to understand the real cause of their emergence. As a rule, in usual life, the person does not notice or keep track of why he is suddenly overwhelmed by various changeable like the weather, moods and emotions, anger or aggression and slyness accompanied by selfishness or fear or sudden memories of the past with their burden of negativity and so on. At best, a person identifies such states in himself as an evident manifestation of the animal nature which has already fully captured his consciousness. He begins to suffer from this vicious circle of thoughts and emotions, at the same time strengthening them with his attention. In other words, he does not trace the initial provocation from the lateral essences, whereas this meditation helps to develop skills which make it possible not only to track this process, but also to stop it in time, that is to terminate it before the state completely engulfs a person. So this meditation is not only very effective, but what is equally important, especially for beginners, it is easy to learn, since it is similar to a psychotechnique. The purpose of this meditation is to learn to understand the moments of activation of each of the four essences, feel them deeply, identify emotional surges accompanying this activation, and also to understand the nature of manifestation of various thoughts which have been caused by this process and which subsequently affect the change of mood. The meditation is done in the standing position. The meditator imagines himself standing in the center of the base of a small four-sided pyramid. That is, he is located in the median center of the space, divided in the form of a diagonal cross and each part of that space will, in fact, represent a field of one of the four essences. I shall make some clarifications. The square base of the pyramid is conditionally divided with diagonal lines, that is, in the form of the letter X, by a diagonal cross into four equal parts. 
The meditator is located at the center of the intersection of the lines of the cross, which conditionally divides the space around the person into four parts that have volume. In short, in front of the meditator, as well as behind and on each side of him, there are triangular-like spaces. This is approximately how the fields of the four essences will look in the human understanding. Now I shall specify the location of the center of each essence. The centers of these essences in these triangular spaces are located approximately at a distance a little further than an arm stretched out in the horizontal direction towards each of the four sides. The energy center of each essence conditionally represents a kind of a bundle, let us say which resembles a ball or a small sphere, in form and inconsistency. Figuratively speaking, something like a gas planet. A small sphere is a symbolic representation of the center of each essence to better learn and easily understand this meditation. Actually, this is a complex structure. Such a figurative comparison with a sphere is similar to perceiving the human structure in the first dimension when it looks like a dot, but from the higher dimensions, the human structure is already perceived in all its multidimensionality as a complex energy structure. It is the same thing with the centers of these four essences. They are spheres conditionally for the resident of a three-dimensional world's understanding. So we calm our thoughts and emotions and immerse ourselves into a meditative state. Breathing is regular and easy. We open the hand chakrans, which are located in the center of the palms. We breathe in, letting in the key, energy, the energy of air, through the hand chakrans, and raise it along the arms to the shoulder level. When we exhale, we move the key, air energy, from shoulders down along the lateral meridians, located approximately at the sides of the body and join the two flaws in the Hara Chakran, located approximately three fingers' widths below the navel, filling our lower abdomen with this energy, like a bowl with water. Then, after filling it, some people will imagine it mentally at the first stages, while others will have a sensation of slight heaviness in the lower abdomen. We move the accumulated energy from the lower abdomen up along the spine into the head, particularly into the hypothalamic region of the between brain, diencephalon, the ancient structures of the brain which are located almost in the center of the head. This place, the center of the head, will be a kind of a median center to which the meditator will be constantly returning in this meditation. Anastasia here, I would like to mention two interesting points which you once told us about. First, it is no coincidence that filling the Hara Chakran is often associated with filling a bowl with water. When translated from Japanese, the word Hara means stomach, while the earlier Sanskrit word Hara, as you said, represented in ancient Indian treatises one of the names of the supreme creating power of the feminine principle, the goddess Shakti. 
water and a bull in the context of the primordial knowledge about man had an allegorical meaning which indicated the powers and processes acting in spiritual practices. Secondly, regarding this meditation in particular, back then you drew our attention to the fact that the meditator concentrates on breathing only in the beginning as everyday process that is usual to him, before filling the lower abdomen with energy. However, later he simply shifts his attention to the energy moving along the spine and to tracking the subsequent process of the meditation while breathing already takes place naturally, automatically. At the time, these clarifications helped me to understand the first steps related to mastering this meditation. Rigdon. Correct. During the meditation, breathing must be relaxed and natural, and all the attention must be focused on the processes that are happening at this moment. So naturally, at the beginning, just like in any other meditation, all feelings must be in balance, in a state of peace. Accordingly, all four essences of a person will also be in the neutral, unexcited state. The meditator senses them as if simultaneously. The centers of the essences are like big balls, suns, planets, and so forth. You can imagine all this whichever way you like at the beginning. Over time, while practicing this meditation, the person will learn to feel how they work according to his own inner sensations. And once he's gained his own relevant experience, it will no longer be necessary for him to have these images, for another stage of knowing oneself will then begin. Anastasia Yes, I've noticed such a peculiarity based on my initial experience of mastering spiritual practices. When you listen for the first time how to do a new meditation, a thousand questions come from the mind about how exactly to do it. Now I understand why you always give such diverse associative comparisons and clarifications while explaining a new meditation. These are clarifications for the mind, so that the material brain could at least understand something at first and simply grasp a general outline of the meditation. In other words, this is an attempt to explain to a person whose consciousness is currently operating in the mode of perception of three-dimensional space, those phenomena which will take place during the meditation when his consciousness switches to the mode of perceiving other dimensions, or rather the parts of his structure which are located in other dimensions. After all, when you do the meditation itself, everything turns out to be very simple and clear because you do it with your deepest feelings. Moreover, in an altered state of consciousness, when you have an expanded perception of the world, while typical self-analysis of a resident of the third dimension is switched off. Rigdon. Undoubtedly, all the dimensions are interconnected and influence one another. This is also true for the six dimensions in which the multi-layer human energy structure is located. In order to understand the phenomena that take place in dimensions higher than the third, a person needs meditative experience and real changes 
shall we say at least in his basic worldview and daily work on himself. Only then will he be able to understand what the world really is and what secrets it hides in itself. When man gets his own experience, he will no longer need thousands of words or different explanations from the mind. Hinting at a manifestation of this or that phenomenon will be enough for him to identify it and understand what happens and how. By the way, I shall note another piece of information as food for thought regarding the structures of the brain that are involved in this meditation. The between brain is kind of collector of all types of sensitivities. It participates directly in the processes of regulating memory, sleep, instinctive behavior, psychical reactions, correction of different kinds of sensitivity, and so on. For instance, what does the hypothalamus represent, which is a part of the between brain, weighing only about 5 grams? The hypothalamus contains the most important centers of the vegetative nervous system. In general, it is there that the coordination of functions of the sympathetic and the parasympathetic centers of the vegetative nervous system takes place, on which one can say the whole body is based. The hypothalamus controls main processes of homeostasis, that is, it supports the dynamic equilibrium of the internal environment during changes of external conditions by means of coordinated reactions. Moreover, medulla oblongata, among other things, also contains the center of the main nerve of the parasympathetic nervous system, the longest of all the cranial nerves, the vagus nerve, nervous vagus, the branches of which participate in the formation of the solar plexus as well. But let us get back to the meditation. It is from the center of the brain, the conditional median center, from the above-mentioned hypothalamic area of the between brain and further through certain points of his head that the meditator carries the energy which he had accumulated in Hara and moved along the spine to the brain to the center of each essence. So a person artificially activates his essences, thus generating in himself different initial emotional surges and studies them at the same time. The task of the meditator is to learn to recognize the work of each of his essences, the result of which is manifested in daily life as certain emotional surges and thoughts. Let us take a closer look at the process of a person's interaction with each of his main essences during the meditation. At first, the meditator works with the right essence. In the process of the meditation, the key energy goes from the hypothalamic area of the between brain through the right amygdaloid nucleus located deep inside the temporal lobe of the brain. Next, through the point located above the right ear, the energy goes directly to the sphere center of the right essence. For those who do not know the structure of their brain, I shall note that the human brain contains two amygdaloid nuclei located on the right and on the left sides. This is a very interesting subcortical brain structure which is related to the formation of various kinds of emotions. 
Anastasia. Yes, as of today, science is already aware of the fact that amygdaloid nuclei are responsible for the human ability to read information from faces of surrounding people. Thus, a person subconsciously understands how these people feel at the moment. But the information reading mechanism itself is still not entirely clear to scientists. Richten Understandably, since this reading, like many other functions of the amygdaloid nuclei, is connected to the work of the lateral essences of human in his energy structure. In the physical body, the functions of amygdaloid nuclei are related to vegetative emotional reactions, provision of defensive behavior, and motivation of conditional reflex behavior. Moreover, as of today, it has been established scientifically that damaging the amygdaloid nucleus can cause partial disappearance of the structures responsible for rage and aggression as well as for the memory of danger. In other words, this may lead to a partial disappearance of fear in a person which will expose him to constant danger of which he will be unaware. Madison has even known attempts of treating fears and uncontrolled surges of aggression by means of surgical destruction of the amygdaloid nucleus. I want to note that the end does not always justify the means of achieving it. Victory over oneself is much more important than any surgical intervention, especially since a person still won't be able to get rid of all his fears and manifestations of the animal nature. Actually, the human body has no extra parts, so one should not remove anything from it unless it is absolutely necessary. And a couple more words about the point above the ear. This area also has the structures, which are connected to the human structure at the level of energy, that take part in the process of perception by a person in an altered state of consciousness of spatial correlations, or more precisely, of his orientation in the spaces of different dimensions. The four essences are also involved in this process, although a certain phenomenon is present here. For these essences, space and time do not exist in the way in which they are perceived by the resident of three-dimensional space. Yet, it is thanks to the work of the essences that a person conceives an intuitively accurate sense of orientation in time and space. Of course, in the past, people did not know such details about the connection between the human energy structure and physical structures of the brain. Nevertheless, those who practiced this meditation in ancient times did it just as successfully. Ancient people simply imagined a breath of wind at this stage of meditation pass first through the center of the head then through its external points to specific places in space, thanks to which certain actions took place there. For instance, in the ancient Russian spiritual practices, this process was presented as spinning of a vortex, as a contact with the masters of the four winds that were endowed with properties of the four seasons, winter, summer, autumn, and spring. 
the last one, endowed with characteristics of the front essence, was revered the most by the ancient Slavs. Anastasia Are you saying this means that a person doesn't have to know the structure of the brain thoroughly in order to do this meditation well? Rigdon Yes, but for overall intellectual development, this knowledge is useful. Afterwards, practical experience of doing this meditation can simply be used in everyday life to observe in yourself the initial processes of origin of negative thoughts and emotions and consequently to prevent their undesirable development in time. Eventually, this process of work on yourself becomes a habit, for instance like walking. After all, at first person learns to keep his balance, then to move legs, and then this process becomes a part of a daily habit. As a result, he no longer pays attention to how he moves in space. He simply uses the result of his earlier work to do certain everyday tasks. The same applies to the experience of practicing this meditation. By controlling the emergence or surge of his emotional states in each day, a person preserves his attention and life energy unspent for more significant spiritual tasks, and without such control, he usually unconsciously wastes this energy on programs and the will of the animal mind, allowing negative thoughts and emotions to dominate in his consciousness. So here's how the inner work with the center of the right essence happens. Usually, in his everyday life, a person does not notice any of his essences activate, though he certainly feels the result of such activation. When the lateral essences start working, the person's mood can suddenly change, moreover, for no apparent reason. A person becomes depressed, or the feeling of fear, disappointment, grief, and apathy washes over him, or, on the contrary, aggression and long-standing grudges begin to emerge, and so on. Why does this happen? Because the lateral essences activate. In this case, it is the right essence. Then the essence triggers the formation of thoughts that correspond to this emotional surge and captures person's attention with them. Like a skillful manipulator, it catches him at the point of hypersensitivity, so to speak offering him a choice of different versions of thoughts though in one and the same emotional tone. In other words, when animal nature dominates in a person, the lateral essences in their usual mode of operation provoke such emotional surges in the personality. And what do such surges mean for the human brain? They're basically a sort of a code which activates certain blocks of memory which store the once-gained experience of such mental worries, emotions, and states. Having opened the memory storerooms and captured the person's attention with their contents, the lateral essences thus pull the person into a negative state. Then the process of strengthening the mood in this direction ensues, sort of looping on those same thoughts. As a result, the person himself by his choice of applying the power of attention, 
waste vital energy on thoughts of the animal nature, thus feeding one or another essence that provokes these emotional outbursts. And the essence, for its part, strengthens its influence on the person through his own resource of attention. So even though the person seems to want to escape such, for example, depressive or aggressive state, however, in reality, he's just not able to get rid of it. Why? Because he has already allowed this state inside himself with his own choice by mulling over these thoughts which kept him looped in this state. And he cannot abandon it because he does not actually want to give up these negative thoughts, ignore them in his consciousness, and avoid them in the future, for they deeply affect his pride, megalomania, the feeling of his own significance, or other toolkit from the standard repertoire of the animal nature. When the animal nature dominates in human consciousness, the lateral essences constantly try to distract the personality's attention from the main thing, focusing on spiritual liberation. And if we take this frequently recurring process on the scale of the entire life, then it turns out that such trifles of psychological excessive self-blame constantly draw man's attention away from attaining the main goal of his life. Moreover, they contribute to the fact that a person falls into an illusion of existence and does not understand the real reason of why he is actually living here and now in these conditions, why he is imprisoned in this temporary mortal body. Unfortunately, it often happens that life flies by very quickly, and a person does not even have time to understand why he was actually born, what the power of his attention has been spent on, and on what trifles and trinkets, empty desires, arguments, struggle for leadership, and so on, he has wasted his precious reserve of life energy. Anastasia Yes, previously I would also often experience such a looping of thoughts and worries in this regard, such an unnoticeable, or rather usual for me, focus of attention on some empty little things of life, resentments, disappointments, aggression, or satisfaction of feeling of self-significance which at that point of time seemed very important to me. But later, I realized that the main thing for me was to know myself and my nature in order to understand at the right time what exactly is happening to me and how to prevent or adjust this process. As you once advised, in practice what helps to abandon this pettiness of existence is the global view from the perspective of your observer from the spiritual nature, a real understanding of the transience of life and of the priority of certain questions for your true self, that is, for your spiritual nature. Rigdon, to put it simply, an expanded state of consciousness, that is right, and a narrowed state of consciousness is exactly typical for the work of the animal nature so to speak, of materialization of one's consciousness. For example, why does depression arise? Because of active work of the right essence. In such cases, a person tries to isolate himself, 
to run away from society, as they say, he whimpers alone. And if such stereotypical influence continues long enough, it can even drive a person to suicide, which, by the way, is what the conducts make use of. And no antidepressants will help here. How can the situation be helped by chemical substances which influence only the processes of the coarse matter of three-dimensional world if the whole point is about a similar influence taking place at the level of subtle energies? On the other hand, it is quite within the power of each person to stop these phenomena in himself. And it is not that difficult to do, if of course one knows how. But let us get back to the meditation technique itself. So the meditator takes a breath, and upon exhalation, the energy goes from the center of the head, the ancient structures of the brain, through the point located above the right ear to the spherical center of his right essence. The spherical center of the right essence starts rotating counterclockwise. Let me emphasize that the movement of the centers of the right and the left essences happens namely counterclockwise. This is simply physics. Person's notion that they're rotating clockwise is already a game of his imagination. At first, spinning the sphere counterclockwise occurs at the level of imagination, but subsequently the meditator begins to feel both the rotation of this center and the clear sense of the sphere of the right essence as dense and hot. Thus, a person artificially activates the center of the right essence. The latter starts its usual work, the one that takes place when the animal nature dominates in an individual's consciousness. Each person has had moments in life when while experiencing fear, or great concern, he felt feverish, or the opposite, he felt too cold. Physiologists attribute this to a reaction of the vegetative system, but the nature of this phenomenon lies much deeper at the level of the physics of the invisible world. So the objective of the meditator is to feel various emotional surges, which are typical for the work of this essence in order to recognize them later on in everyday sensations and to stop them at the very beginning of their emergence. During this meditation, a person, on the one hand, kind of relives this full range of sensations anew, and on the other hand, he observes the situation in its initial stages as an observer from the spiritual nature. That is, he sees the animal nature's activation which is hidden from him in the usual daily routine, so to speak he sees preparation for an offensive, for an attack. In other words, the meditator keeps track of the situation. What particular emotional surges trigger the emergence of an oppressive state of consciousness? What feelings arise then? What thoughts awaken anger and aggression? What life episodes and associations come up in this connection? and so on. All this takes place through reliving this negative state. Of course, sensations will hardly be pleasant. At first, a sense of mild anxiety will appear. Then anger, aggression, or fear may arise. 
or a state of oppression or a sense of past resentment. The more energy, the key during breathing, the person will put into the center of the right essence, the more heat he will sense from the sphere and the stronger the negative feelings will become. Anastasia It should be mentioned that the people who do this meditation for the first time often make the following mistakes. Knowing what kind of unpleasant emotions are expected to manifest, and everyone is usually aware of their skeletons in the closet, at the first stages of learning this meditation, they can block themselves from such emotions consciously or subconsciously. As a result, at their first attempts, people practically do not sense anything, or at best they sense warmth or cold from the sphere centers themselves during their rotation. Rigdon That is correct. It is just that when a person understands that he is about to experience an unpleasant state, the person may subconsciously block himself from the manifestation of these sensations. The animal nature does not like to give up its key positions. The meditator should be aware of this and try to do the meditation as diligently as possible and not engage in passing the time by lulling himself into a false sense of security with the thoughts like, probably I'm such a good, highly spiritual individual and nothing negative happens to me. This meditation is performed in order for a person to actually feel those states at the physical and psychological levels, feel those emotional surges that each of his essences generates. Thus, he will learn to recognize the very instant of the beginning of an attack of his animal nature, the emergence of these emotional surges, their influence and manifestation in everyday life, he will begin to understand where the root of all evil and the negative state which has suddenly washed over him come from. He will learn to detect and identify the state in himself, and most importantly, to control and prevent such attacks as well as the situation going from bad to worse. And if while learning this meditation in practice, instead of really working on himself, a person is going to be lazy or will simply find comfort in the illusion of his megalomania, then it will be very difficult for him in his daily life, because the animal nature will be fully prepared to use its entire secret arsenal while the person will not know how to resist it. Many people in such cases attribute all these attacks to their external circumstances or to other people, thus only intensifying the uncontrolled activity of their animal nature. But time passes, people and circumstances change in their lives, while attacks remain the same. Why? Because all the problems are inside the person. As man gets to know himself, he gets rid of his mental problems. The cause is not in the outer, but in the inner. While studying yourself, you need to learn to understand people around you as to well, be kind. And therefore, learn Anastasia. It is an irrefutable fact. When you yourself change, your attitude towards the world around you changes too. Yes, 
There is a big difference between what a person expects in his ideas coming from the mind at the beginning of practicing meditation techniques and what happens in reality. This is like in the example with a lemon. If a person imagines a lemon, this can at best cause increased salivation in him. But if he tastes it, he will have a whole range of sensations. Rigdon That is right. It is the same thing here. One should not just imagine a hypothetical presence of these emotions, but really feel them. But let us go back to the meditation itself. After the meditator has felt the influence of his right essence, he calms his thoughts and feelings once again. There is a very important point that needs to be learned. The person mentally stops the movement of this rotating spherical center of the right essence. At the first stages of learning, he can imagine this process as he likes. For instance, that he mentally stops the spinning of the sphere with a hand or by a thought command. Then the meditator, as the observer, returns to the conditional median center in his head. There, he once again feels the state of peace and quiet, the neutral position of all four essences simultaneously. At this time, residual phenomena may still be felt, which will manifest themselves both at the physical level as unpleasant heat from the right sphere, as if from fire, and at the level of sensory emotional surges, such as, for instance, anger and irritation. This background, after some time, quickly fades away as soon as the person purposefully switches attention to the subsequent processes of the meditation. Anastasia Yes, it is one thing to conscientiously spin the sphere, but it's more important to learn to stop it. I know from practical experience that in everyday life, until a person masters and starts noticing the beginning of the animal nature's attack, it is important for him to at least learn to prevent its further development. That is, once you notice already an obvious manifestation of the animal nature, then at least you shouldn't focus your attention on strengthening obsessive emotions, feelings, and thoughts. In other words, one must not get involved in this process, stimulated by the animal nature, or participate in this battle against yourself at the expense of your own power and resources. Rigdon, that is true. Any battle begins on the battlefield of the human mind. One who can tame his anger is like a sage who has won his battle before it even began. So, the next stage of the meditation. After the meditator has restored the state of inner calm, he once again switches his attention to breathing and repeats the scheme of the beginning of the meditation. That is, he fills Hara, lower abdomen, with key energy through the chakras of his hands. Then, he once again moves this energy along the spine to the ancient center of the brain, the conditional median center. But now he directs the energy from this center to the left amygdaloid nucleus through the point located above the left ear 
to the spherical center of the left essence. And then he begins to work with his left essence, artificially rotating the center of the left essence counterclockwise by means of focusing his attention and thought. The task is to feel the beginning of activation of this essence, what emotional surges it generates, which create the corresponding mood. As a rule, the person gets the following range of surges, a sense of pridefulness, self-love, temptation, increased libido, a desire to have secret power over others, and so on. There may appear corresponding images related to these feelings, to megalomania, lack of restraint, sexual desires from the perspective of domination of the alpha male, or the alpha female, of the so-called lust based on egocentrism, greed, the desire to possess someone or something, while during the rotation of the center of the right essence, a sensation of heat is felt. During the rotation of the spherical center of the left essence, one will be able to feel an increasing sensation of cold coming from it. After experiencing all the emotional surges of his left essence, the meditator calms his emotions once again. He mentally stops the rotation of the spherical center of this essence. Then he returns as an observer to the conditional median center of his consciousness, to the neutral position. He focuses on the state of calm and silence and feels the neutral position of all four essences simultaneously. The physiological sensation of coldness, residual unpleasant emotions and feelings generated by the activity of the left essence may continue to be felt for some time. After this, the meditator proceeds to studying the emotional surges generated by the back essence. To do this, he first switches his attention to breathing and focuses on the process of feeling hara. Then he turns his attention to the movement of key energy from hara along the spine into the ancient center of the brain, the conditional median center. However, now he directs key energy already through the occipital area to the spherical center of the back essence, activating this center. I draw your attention to the fact that the spherical center of the back essence can rotate in different directions, both to the right, clockwise, and to the left, counterclockwise. This depends on the feelings that appear, which arise in one's memory or which dominate at that moment. They're usually connected with some past experience, a significant emotional surge during the domination of this or that essence. And this experience directly links to the activation of a certain essence at that moment, most often the left or the right, in which case the rotation of the spherical center of the back essence will be counterclockwise, or the front essence. In this case, the spherical center of the back essence will rotate clockwise. These can be feelings from the person's past or present or various visions depending on the power of emotional surges of the past. 
Sensations coming from the center of the back essence may also be different, from deadly cold to a range of warm, pleasant sensations. By the way, upon intensive spinning of the spherical center of the back essence in counterclockwise direction, what is created is, let us put it this way, favorable conditions for domination of the material thinking. This is merely physics of the multidimensional human structure. The counterclockwise rotation of the spherical center of the back essence almost always produces a feeling of longing, hopelessness, worthlessness, and skepticism, generates thoughts along the line of you're nobody, and you'll remain such until your death, of the transience of time and doom. However, if the spherical center of the back essence starts spinning clockwise, this, as a rule, activates the experience of emotional surges generated by the front essence. The latter, in turn, is connected to the soul and the spiritual development of a human. In this case, entirely different sensations arise from the back essence. Quite often, When the meditator practices this meditation while in such an elevated state, he is as if ejected from the back essence to the front essence, and the meditation continues with a totally different quality. But for now, we're talking about the standard scheme, according to which, after working with the back essence, the person stops the spinning of the spherical center also and returns with his consciousness to his conditional median center of the head. Again, he calms his thoughts and emotions, restores the state of peace, quiet, and the neutral sensation of all four essences simultaneously. Then the meditator proceeds to working with the front essence. This is the most pleasant part of the meditation. At first, as usual, We switch our attention to breathing, repeating the scheme of filling Hara with key energy through hand chakrans and the subsequent movement of this energy along the spine into the ancient center of the brain, the conditional median center. Only now, key energy goes from the center of the ancient brain through the point located in the center between the eyebrows into the spherical center of the front essence. We concentrate on the spherical center of the front essence, rotating it clockwise. At this time, one will sense a clear interconnection with the solar plexus area, or rather with the center of the human energy structure, the soul. As for feelings, there will be a surge of energy, a sensation of comfort, pleasant warmth, joy, detachment from the material world, and contact with the spiritual world. The more the center of the front essence spins, the more one will be filled with these feelings. It is like a kind of an emotional outlet for a person. In this meditation, it is important to work with the front essence after all the others in order to acquire the state of stability, balancing of mood, and generation of a spiritual surge. It is with this comprehensive, blissful state of expanded perception that the meditator not only leaves this meditation, 
but also preserves it in his usual state of consciousness. In this meditation, just like in life, it is important not only to stop the negative activation of the back and lateral essences, but also to learn to activate your front essence and to switch to the positive state of consciousness and thinking in a timely manner. The meditator ends this meditation as usual with a self-command to himself, inhale, exhale, clench, unclench fists with force. This meditation takes 20 to 30 minutes. At the first stages, it may take a little longer for some people. It can be done in the morning and in the evening or during the day, whichever is convenient. It helps one to control the flow of thoughts and feelings and understand yourself and your emotional states. It is important not only to learn the technique itself, but also to recognize your spontaneously arising emotional surges throughout a regular day. While practicing this meditation, a person will be able to see its effectiveness in everyday life after he learns to understand which of his essences triggers one or another emotional and sensory surge. After all, he will then be able to disrupt in time a negative flow by stopping the activation of the centers of the back and the lateral essences and to switch to the front essence to a positive emotional surge and the corresponding mood and thinking. This meditation is like a step to subsequent development and attainment of more significant spiritual goals. It is only a tool in order for a person to learn to control himself instead of being controlled by the animal nature. Thanks to this meditation, man learns to easily orientate himself in his sensations and emotional surges, just like a good musician for whom it is enough to only see sheet music in order to understand what the melody is and how it will sound. In daily life, such control helps one to maintain the dominance of the spiritual nature and the habit of living like a human being according to one's conscience. Generally speaking, as they say, to always be in good shape.